culture, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Culture? It's much more than that. Welcome to Culture Dive, the show where we dive into all things culture and what molds our society. Yeah. We just want the money and the power. If you talk money, then... Another edition of the Culture Dive podcast coming at you from an in-person conversation with two chefs at Tohono Chul Garden Bistro in Tucson, Arizona. Nick and Mario have previously worked in some of the hottest restaurants in the U.S., including Nobu and a Michelin star restaurant in New York City. Enjoy the episode. So we're here at Tohono Chul Garden Bistro. A lot of people don't know it's here. We're sitting down with two of the chefs from here. Um, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, my name's Nick, Chef Nick. I'm um, Chef Mario. Perfect. So I guess dive into a little bit of your guys' background, what you've done so far in the culinary world and everything along those lines. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so I've been cooking since 2016, about six-ish years now. Uh, started in high school with a culinary class that we had. Uh, took that all four years. Uh, had some culinary competitions. Got me some cash scholarships. Uh, moved up to Phoenix. Cooked around a little bit, uh, had some opportunities to go out to New York and Manhattan, went and cooked out there for a little while. Um, been working for Tohono Chul and for Patrick and Jason for a lot of years, so they taught me a lot, did all their catering, stuff like that here in Tucson. Uh, but that's pretty much it from my background. Uh, very similar. Me and him, best friends, have been for a while now. We are in the same culinary program in high school. Uh, I went out to Manhattan for about two years. Uh, cooked in a few Michelin-starred restaurants, some really nice restaurants. Graduated top of my class from a very prestigious culinary school, International Culinary Center. Um, came back out here due to COVID and just been working in the restaurants since, you know, having a good time, just enjoying what we're doing. Enjoying the desert. That's what it's all about. Exactly. <laughs> let, me, let me go back a second because obviously it's crazy that you guys went out to Manhattan and worked mm-hmm. at Michelin Star. Going back a little bit to like your upbringing, what kind of was there maybe a parent or you know you know like a Gordon Ramsay type idol growing up or something that um, kind of got y'all into cooking? I think for both of us, at least initially, what started it was our high school teacher. Her name was Chef Jean Gowan. She's uh, I would say has that Gordon Ramsay appeal to her. Oh, she yeah. wasn't afraid <laughs> very, to uh, to light somebody <laughs> up, but uh, I would say she prepared us pretty well for what what you can expect in some uh some restaurants in the industry that it is it is that cutthroat it is that intense that people will be yelling and throwing stuff like it's yeah yeah that you know for sure like that wasn't really anybody on the tv or anything like that um (laughs) dish was one day like i want to cook you know yeah like like, let's just go cook and then went to culinary school and it was like oh okay she's She's going to be like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little scary. And yeah, we started doing it like like 15, 16 years old, and she did not care. No. Awesome. So then how did that, going obviously to the you know the big leagues, um, going back east, how did that kind of prepare you? And maybe talk a little bit more about maybe the restaurant that you worked, that, were, that okay. you cooked at there and stuff like that. Um, experience I'll say that. for myself, because I went out there first, um, right fresh out of high school, like graduated, went out there the next month, um, wasn't ready whatsoever uh not even close like i was ready for the yelling but not the yelling that i endured not the the high density high volume high capacity i had to put out the the amount of ingredients and stuff when i just got there i was like i don't know half of this i don't know i, I like i was just like i don't know what this is and they're screaming at me you know give me the fennel fronds and i was like i don't know what that is 
you know, they're like, where's the, where's the herb de Provence oil? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know where that is. There's seven oils on my station. Yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely culture shock for sure. The people, the city, the experience there, you know, here just, we were ready. Like I know how to cook. Did not know how to cook at that level though. For sure. Um, while I was out there, I worked at Nobu and it was, I mean, it was all, you know, Japanese cuisine. So I was learning French my whole life. So it was different going into that. Um, I wouldn't say it was as intense as what he experienced while he was out there because um, of the type of restaurant it is. I mean, they're a big franchise, so they still have to follow quite a few corporate rules, which the chefs were a lot nicer, not as yelly or throwing yeah. stuff at you at all. But um, yeah, it was, an, it was a great experience getting out there. Definitely my why, like mind opening for sure. So you would describe you would describe all of that as it kind of led you to realize, hey, I want to continue doing this. So even despite all the yelling and everything for people that are out there looking to become get into the culinary world, it's worth enduring. If you could put oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's, sure. it's, um, it depends on the level, you know, it's, uh, the level we were at is a level most cooks never see, never will go to the, but there's other places like here. We're a little more relaxed of a kitchen. You know, we're not screaming. We're not yelling. We're not throwing stuff. And kitchens like this one or kitchens like other ones in around the city are a little a little more relaxed and, you know, better for people to learn how to cook. But if you really want to take that next step and you want to throw yourself into a big city like Los Angeles, Miami, New York, Chicago, you need to be ready because they they will not tolerate. Yeah. You know, they won't. Um, the the other thing on that now now moving forward, COVID, you said was that kind of the main factor in the here was it was it else? was up there there was some some personal stuff that i dealt with family wise brought me back and then covid prevented us from going back gotcha um at least for me because i wanted to go back i have family from out there and i wanted to go back but then my family here needed me and then covid happened and they shut the whole city down yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it stayed shut for a, it stayed shut for a long time yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah okay um so now obviously you guys have this awesome spot here at tahano yeah um, for those that haven't been here, it's awesome. It's this old house, if I'm not mistaken, yes. that has turned into this great little bistro kind of in the Mercado area yeah. with, with the whole nursery, um, mm -hmm. like desert scenery and stuff like that. Um, what What's maybe like your favorite part about, obviously you call Tucson home. Yeah. Um, what What's maybe one of your favorite pieces, like just favorite things about Tucson and why you guys enjoy being here, enjoy cooking here, stuff like that. You want to go first? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I'd have to say... I mean, cooking here is, you, you do definitely work with a lot more Sonoran Spanish ingredients, which I prefer to work with stuff like that. Um, it's definitely a lot more relaxed, not as intense, which again, creates a really good culture in a lot of restaurants. A lot of people can work with that a lot better than the high intensity, you know, stuff like that. Um, I do like some of the desert foods, some of the native stuff that we get offered here from Tohono Chula the Garden when they grow stuff. Some of it's a little a little further out for me, a little out of pocket, not stuff I'd like to use, but I do like the difference in the food because not everywhere you go in the country you're going to be able to just find the stuff that we have available here for us. And vice versa anyway. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We're yeah. not going to have good seafood here, yeah. you know. We're going to have great prickly pear stuff, yes. you know, but. Yeah, that, that's what I would say too is that the desert – provides a lot of interesting ingredients and a lot of things that other places don't get as fresh and if they or at all um yeah we do have that hindrance you know where we can't get 
seafood, you know, but we have great beef here, which is something I love. We have a great culture that's been here, and Tohono Chul is one of those places that we try to stay true to a little bit of that culture while still bringing in some of the more modern things. Yeah. Um, the But the desert itself, it is our home. It's where we're from, uh, you know. Mexican food, Sonoran food, that is what this, that is what Tucson is. And for me, my family's Italian. I'm Italian food through and through. When I was in New York, I worked in a very, very nice Italian restaurant. And then I had to come back, and I was like, okay. But learning this Sonoran food was awesome to me, because it's this another thing that I know. And for, to touch on the young cooks, you know, the more you learn, the more aspects of cooking that you learn from, the better you'll become. If you only know one cuisine, that is all you will know. And applying that after 20 years is gonna be very difficult. But if from a young age, if you just do, you, you know, do a little bit of Mexican food, or Dominican food, you do a little bit of Japanese fusion, you know, American food, you know, steak, steakhouse type deal, uh, then you're going to get, gain so much more confidence in yourself in going into any kitchen. Okay, so we're on Tana We love the food, but you guys do an awesome job with it. We've got three great little dishes here plated out. Maybe just quickly go through them and explain just yeah, you know, yeah. whatever you like about them, little things to kind of note to everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Here. Uh, so the first one over here is the uh, chicken and blue corn waffle. Uh, it's got a little arugula salad with watermelon tahini on it. Um, I think the special thing about this dish is the, the spicy honey, the chiltepine honey that we put on it. And then also the, the waffle itself, we put blue corn flour, which is local here from Arizona, Tucson area. Um, so I think that makes it stand out than any other chicken and waffle. I think most of them are just standard buttermilk waffle, basic chicken. Uh, the rub on the chicken or the flour that we use to fry it in is all kind of Sonoran twist, Spanish theme on it. So it has a lot of chili and pepper in it. So pretty smoky, I think it's good. Um, that's the blueberry French toast. We. Um, that's on the new menu. We just added it on. It's been a really great seller here. Everybody's been liking it. Uh, it comes with the three big uh, pieces of brioche bread, creme anglaise, and then we make our in-house blueberry syrup to go on top of it. And then we also serve it with our, you know, maple syrup or prickly pear syrup, whichever the guests uh, like. And then at the very end is the... Uh, yeah, that's the that's the prickly pear sandwich. It's a staple of the restaurant. It's been here for a while now. Yes. Yeah, uh, I've been with the years. company for a while, too, our... Owners have used that for a long time. Has a prickly pear syrup in it. People go crazy for it. It will not be going anywhere. <laughs> it, it is our number one seller by far. We've never been able to make anything that can top it. This French toast is probably the only thing that would come even close to selling as much as the of the prickly pear. But people love it. Usually comes with some fresh fruit or some French fries, whatever guests would like. But it's uh, definitely definitely worth trying. Definitely something that people come specifically to Tohono Chul to try. That prickly, I think the other great thing too for like people who haven't visited Tucson or maybe haven't been here that much, you know, like for people who are natives or mm -hmm. who have lived here for a while, like that's a beautiful thing about the Sonora Desert is even though we don't have like the climate to get all the normal fruits, we get that awesome prickly pear. Oh, yeah. That's why I the, the little bit of it that there is. Yeah, yeah. there's, <laughs> a, little there's a lot. <laughs> but same thing here with the prickly pear margarita and the prickly pear lemonade. Right? Yes. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, they, the people different. love the pink. Things. Yeah, <laughs> they go crazy for it. We made a sorbet out of the prickly pear lemonade. The, we make a really concentrated one, spun it into a sorbet, and we sold out of it in like a week, week and a half. People are going crazy for it. And that's another thing we can touch on too, is we do have a lot of house-made gelatos and sorbets and stuff. We usually have about five different ones on hand. 
we make them all fresh here. So we'll always have something different. We have like a s'mores one with fresh house made marshmallows right now. We have, we did have a lemon, pre-prepared lemonade sorbet to go with prickly pear lemonade. That's awesome. In the middle of the summer too. Right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So perfect time. Yeah, it's perfect time. Exactly. Week, man, it was yeah. gone. Yeah. 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 And then kind of building off of that, someone's coming here for the first time. What would you suggest to them to get outside of maybe one of these three items? Something that's a little bit more in and on the menu. People don't, underrated. Something that people don't order as much. I, I want to say the flauta on there, the, the short rib flauta on there is, is really, really good. It replaced a uh, old menu item that a lot of guests have issues that we got rid of it, but it is a good replacement for it. Um, if you're looking for something at least fried and kind of heavier, I think that's the way to go. The short rib flauta for sure. That is, that is really it, is, it is a very large dish, and that is one thing. We have very large portion sizing here. Um, this is not like a standard little dinky flauta thing that you'd get in your freezer. Like yeah. This thing is like basically two chimichangas. Um, it is whole large flour tortillas. They are massive. So if you're looking for a big plate of food, that is definitely the way to go. Another thing is if you're looking for something lighter for the seasonal time is our salads. Right now we have a Sonoran beet salad with chili pickled beets, um, arugula. It has chili pecans on it, queso fresco, and a raspberry vinaigrette very nice uh it's very light and it's a uh, very sonoran too yeah even with pecans right yeah pecan orchards, pecan orchards exactly and then like the chilies that we have on there we also has nepales inside of it um and arugula is widely used in mexico also so talk a little bit about kind of the what am i trying to say the ethnobotanical garden and how you guys kind of choose to source some of the veggies and then everything you're kind of seeing on the plate and how a lot of it comes from here Okay. Okay. Um, so we we've been keeping in, uh, a lot of contact up with the uh, lead gardener here at Tohono Chul, and she gives us probably monthly a grow list of items that are up there, and we try to work with them with just trying to get as much fresh ingredients as we can. Uh, most of the stuff that uh, they give us, we'll throw right onto a lot of our dishes, a lot of our microgreens. Um, we have uh, what fresh figs coming from up there. We have a lot of little Ayatollah onions, I believe are what they're called. They, uh, they e are E-toy e onions. Uh, they're advertised on the menu. We get a lot of those in, we're shredding them. We use them on the spuds. We don't have any spuds out here, but we use them on our spuds. Um, uh, we also will sometimes be getting watermelon when it is in season. We have yellow. a different type of watermelon. It is a yellow melon. Yeah. So when that comes into season, we use that a lot berries and fruits and stuff that we get from up there we use in our fruit cups a lot of citrus a lot of citrus when we get a mass amount of fruit we'll turn it into a syrup and make it into a gelato it's uh the mass quantity that we do here it's hard to keep something on the menu with that in there but then we use what we have for specials and stuff like that so we had a bunch of peaches the other day so we made some specials with peaches that's awesome yeah i saw the um was it a peach french toast is that what it was peach, peach pancakes peach pancakes yeah, yeah i saw that and that was all I was angry I didn't get up here to try it. <laughs> I was like, shit, that looked good. Uh, two quick questions to kind of end it. Both of it and go for both of you guys. Mm -hmm. What is the best meal you each have ever had? So like what stands out in your head? Outside of here. Outside, outside of here. Outside of here. What's um, the best meal you've ever had? I'd say the best item I've ever had in a restaurant was when I was in Manhattan. Um, it was a small dish. It was just an appetizer, mm -hmm. but it was this... It was pickled sardine, right? It was a pickled sardine dish. And I didn't think it was going to be up my yeah. alley. You know, going out to New York, you have a lot of fresh seafood, so it's a lot different than what you have available to you out here. But 
having that dish, I mean, it just, all the components on there molded together really well. Everything tasted great on it. And I would give anything up to have that appetizer again. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, for myself, there was a dish actually I got the privilege of making at a restaurant. And I used to eat it all the time for my family meal, like a staff meal, uh, also out in Manhattan. Uh, it was a um, rabbit ragu. I know a lot of people are very like, oh, no, the bunny. Uh, well, the bunny tastes very good. So, And for any chef out there, they, they know that yeah, rabbit tastes very, very good. It was just beautiful pasta, nice, like, ragu sauce with the rabbit. I would literally go and buy that. I don't care how much it is. I don't do it again. That's awesome. It's a million-dollar meal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay. That's awesome. awesome. That's so cool. And then um, last one. You're having somebody over. you got to impress them, whether it's a coworker, a boss, significant other, what are you making? What is your go-to like meal? A showstopper. A showstopper. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Honestly, there's, it, it'll always depend on the person. You know, if I wouldn't say I have a go-to thing to make when anybody comes over, I feel like the most common thing out here you'll get, you go to anywhere's, anybody's house is, you know, guacamole, carne asada, you know, kind of like the, Sonoran barbecue type of stuff, you know. Um, yeah, I don't, I honestly don't think I'd have like a go to dish for that. Um, for myself, like I said, my family's Italian. I worked in really nice Italian restaurants. Pasta is my go to, homemade pasta. I'm very, very good at making fresh pasta. And if I'm going to Showstopper, um, I'm going to make raviolis or tortellini because that's something that most people usually don't have is a fresh ravioli. It's usually some store bought garbage. And so I will always pull out that and I'll always make some, I'm a tomato sauce kind of guy. So I'll make my own, my fresh tomato sauce. And that's usually a good one. Or I do big boards of meat is another way I do it. So I'll just pull out the grill. Yeah, I'll pull out the grill, throw out a tomahawk, some pork chops, something like that. Make a few sauces. And that usually people are like, whoa, like this isn't an apartment or something. (laughs) But that's, I would say pasta for sure. If I'm trying to impress somebody, I know I can impress somebody with some pasta. For sure, especially especially here, like in the desert, like you said, like mm. there's a large Italian presence here, and I would yeah. say like even like Mediterranean food mm-hmm. here. Yes, but you know, yeah, you know, not store bought right Exactly. Well, guys, thank you thank so you. much. Yeah, thank of course. Everybody who's watching, whether it's on whatever platform, hopefully they see this on. Um, make sure you come check them out at Tahono and. Um, Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Check out a full restaurant review for Tahona on our food review channel at Local 3 on TikTok. The music today was brought to you by our good friend Kelly Iris, and the song you heard in the background is his song, Money and Power. Find his music on Apple Music and Spotify at Kelly Iris. We just want the money and the power.
All my family gotta eat cause they take